Transforming Relationships, an interview with Coach Adriana Sorgi. Join us as we speak with Adriana Sorgi, renowned relationship coach and author. She shares her wisdom on self-love and personal growth. We delve into topics like attracting healthy relationships, aligning with a partner ready for love, overcoming past obstacles, and the power of self-love. Don't miss out on this enlightening conversation. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. share with you a little bit about the guests that we have here today. Adriana Sorgi, a relationship coach and author, battled self-esteem issues and an eating disorder from her early life in Colombia to her successful modeling career. After a challenging marriage and divorce, she invested in personal growth, enrolling in a master's program in spiritual psychology. This journey led her to self-love, improved relationships, and her life purpose. Now, a certified coach, Adriana uses her Enneagram in her coaching, writes for the Huffington Post, facilitates a woman's group, and has been featured on various platforms. She believes in the power of mindset and action for positive life changes. I am so pleased to welcome Miss Adriana to the stage. Hi, Adriana. Thank you. Hello, April. So glad to be here with you. Yes, it's a pleasure to have you. I'm excited to jump into this conversation. You have a, a beautiful background. And so let's start by sharing with the audience to get to know you more. Yeah. Yeah. So as you said, I, I am originally from Colombia. I moved here uh, to Los Angeles, actually Santa Monica. And, and um back in 97 i believe that's what it was uh, so at a very young age i was about 21 years old and um i moved here um because i was searching for a dream and i didn't know what that dream was but i knew that i was meant to be here i got all the support that i needed from my dad and uh, i was already a model in colombia doing really well but i didn't feel safe in my home country so I ended up moving to Los Angeles and then meeting my ex-husband, who uh, I'm sure we'll get in a little bit into that later on. I went through a very, very difficult divorce with back in 2006, uh, three-year, very long divorce, very painful, very devastating. But also, it was one of the greatest gifts of my life because it really brought me back home, home to myself. To who I truly am. So here I am. It's amazing. We, you know, we have to go through these difficult experiences, don't we, in order to really start to investigate who we are, 
what we want to do, why we're here, all of those things. And so it's through those transitions. Now, Adriana, if if you're open to sharing, what was some of those things, those pivotal moments that really started bringing you to those transitional periods? Yeah, I think that uh, when I was in that marriage, um, even though I, I went into the marriage very clear that that's what I wanted to do, I really thought that I loved this person deeply. I wanted to have children with him, and and that probably I probably did have some sort of love for him based on you know the the definition of love back then and what I thought love really was, and when I realized as I we continue to move forward in the marriage, I felt very lost, very confused. I didn't really like the way that we interacted with each other. I didn't like that my children were seeing that kind of dynamic between us where there was a lot of um, um, fighting. There was a lot of uh, uh, um, dishonoring each other's feelings and values. And uh, at some point, I felt very clear, April, that I didn't want my children to grow up around that. And even though they were so little, they were only three and four years old, I I knew one thing, I was very clear in one thing, that that allowing my children to see our parents having this, you know, this the fighting episodes and all these these things, negative emotions between each other, was not the way. That that was actually giving them a very uh, negative uh, message about what love really is. And so I decided to step out of the marriage, and that's where you know everything sort of I, I stirred up the pot, so to speak, and mm. uh, that's that's what happened. And so I had to face the reality that I, you know, in that moment was, was going to court, was dealing with a very angry person that really wanted to take me down. And and I, I love him to pieces today, right? I, he's the father of my children. I weren't very good terms because I've done the work. But wow. back then, it was really awful. It was really awful. We went through this for about three plus years. And um, there was a lot of repairing to do after we we sort of settled the divorce. Yeah. Well, that's amazing, Adriana, that you can say that today, that that you love him to pieces, even though you went through this extraordinary difficult time period. And and I know, I know just a little bit to scratch the surface that that what you endured and what you went through with this core battle was was probably a little more extensive than the average person goes through. Am I correct in that? It was very long, and and the one thing that, gosh, if I could go back, I would probably do so many things differently. I didn't have the tools. I was not as conscious as I am today. I was barely doing any kind of work on myself. And um, once the attorneys get involved, as we both know, it's just game on. You know, he got an attorney, I got an attorney, and once we did that, it was not about us anymore. It was about the attorneys just fighting, fighting, mm -hmm. fighting for every little thing. And I think the one thing that really woke me up, that really slapped me in the face was uh, that I, I was losing my children. Um, we were so angry at each other. And especially he was really angry because I didn't want to be in the marriage anymore. So it hurt his ego. He was never left by a woman in his life. I was the first one that chose 
to be out of the relationship in his experience that was devastating. He felt like a failure. And what he did was, you know, retaliate. And one of the things that he knew how to hurt me the most was through the children because I was a devoted full-time mother, stay-at-home mom. And so I started to lose the kids. And uh, it started with 50% custody, 50-50. I mean, if you can imagine, my son was three years old. He was a baby. Mm. And he went from seeing me every single day, 24-7, being always there for him, to not seeing me six days in a row every other week. It was very, very um, hard for both yeah. of my kids. So uh, that's- well, you're, you're tapping into to my heart mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. as a mother and really understanding that and, and what that feels like when you don't have your, your children any longer, especially mm-hmm. when you're so familiar to having them all the time. And then all of a sudden, night and day, it changes and, and it is extraordinarily difficult. So my, my curiosity goes, Adriana, like what was your response to that initially because of how difficult that transition is? It is, it is a loss uh, and, and a great one. And oftentimes people, you know, start to do things that aren't in their best interest because they don't know how to handle that and they don't know how to deal with it. So what was your experience through that? Yeah. So, so I remember that in the beginning, when we started this 50-50 custody agreement uh, arrangement, um, I sort of accepted it. I accepted it because my attorney said, ah, this is just the way it is in, in California. You're not going to get more than 50% unless the father is dangerous or is putting the kids in, in, in danger. And, and he wasn't. And he was a good father, and with the exception that he didn't have the time. He was he worked very long hours. He owned multiple restaurants, and he his schedule was night. At night, he would go to work from six p.m. until like one or two in the morning. So he would leave the kids with the babysitter. And I would tell my attorney, but why? Why do my kids have to be with the babysitter when I'm here? I can be with them. I can take care of my own children when he's not around. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, this is just the way it is. You're going to have to accept it. So I started to accept it until my, my breakthrough moment was when my son came home from school one day. I picked him up from, he was in preschool, from preschool. And he gets in the car and says to me, April, mommy, how come you don't want to see us anymore? Oh. And I was devastated. I said, oh, my goodness, my kids think that I don't want to be with them anymore. It was so traumatic to go from seeing them every day to not seeing them six days in a row. And and to add that, you know, there was so much anger between us that he wouldn't even answer the phone when I called them at night. So then my kids felt completely abandoned by me. At that point, I felt inside i got this hit of you know this download that just told me i i gotta do something about this i need to do, i need to have my kids more time this is it's not this is my kids are suffering this is not in the best interest of my children so then i went back to court and i filed for more custody and and that was sort of like my hero story right because that day in court i remember that 
uh, the judge, I, I was looking at the judge just going through everything and I could feel that he was not going to do anything about it because he hadn't really heard anything from me and to, he, has, he hadn't heard anything that, that would like make me, make him change that custody agreement. And I kept telling my attorney, you need to tell the judge that my kids are suffering, that this is just not serving them. And so he said, well, no, you, you just, you need to just sit down and just calm, be calm and not say anything. Just let me take care of this. So my attorney wasn't doing anything. And at that point I felt, okay, this is my time. This is my time. If my attorney is not going to do anything, I am going to stand up and speak up to the judge. What is the worst thing that could happen? That the judge says to me, sit down and don't talk or sit down and let your attorney handle it. That's the worst thing that could happen. And then at that point, then I'll, I'll, I'll do what he says. But if I don't do this and I'm always going to regret that maybe he would hear me, maybe he's going to really see through me and see the truth. So I just stood up, April. And we were in this courtroom. There were people sitting behind us. My um, ex-husband was sitting on the other side, on the other benches, across from me with his attorney. And I was here with my attorney. And I just stood up and I said, may I have a word, Your Honor? And, and the judge just looked at me, surprised. And I just looked into his eyes and I spoke from my heart. And I said, I, I don't intend to rob my ex of his right to be with our children, but my children are really suffering. My son is asking me why I don't want to be with them anymore. They are three and four years old. I am here. I can take care of them. Why does a nanny have to take care of my children when I have all the time in the world to raise my own kids? And the judge says, said this to me at that point, April, I could feel that he heard me. You know, it was like, it was like I was delivering this message from my heart and it was landing into his heart. I could feel it. And he looked at me and there was silence and said, okay, we're going to take a 10 minute break. So we go outside in the hallway and my attorney wasn't happy and said, oh, I don't know what's going to happen now. I think you might have missed the chance of getting more custody. And I looked at him and I said, no, I did the right thing. And I think I'm going to get more custody today. He said, okay, we'll see. So then we go back inside. And sure enough, the judge said, I'm going to give 65% to the mother. And starting today, you're dropping off. The kids were with him that day. And he's starting today, you're dropping off the kids to her. And mm. she gets the kids for the weekend. And I left that courtroom in tears of joy. I was so happy. I was just beyond excited to see my kids that afternoon. Um, so much gratitude, so much gratitude for knowing that I, I had trusted my intuition, that I had taken a stand for what I believed was right, and that that was my breakthrough moment. That's when I knew that there was something more inside of me. That's when I knew that I was a strong woman, that I that that, that power within was in the heart. And that that, that that was my power inside the heart. Yes. And it, I mean Adriana, that is such a, a pivotal moment. You're right. That is truly stepping into your power as a mother, being able to say what 
you had on your mind, even though you had this attorney representing you and yet you chose to have a, make a different decision. And it in turn gave you a better outcome, which I think is incredible. And, and then I love that you share that story with us because it's such a, a touching and heartwarming story for, for parents all across the world to hear something like that, hear that inspiring journey. And, you know, when we, when we want so badly to have a different outcome during thing, times where it's very, very difficult. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. And I expect, or I assume Adriana, that this really led you into once you, you figured that out and that it, it was so much empowered you and you started realizing to listen to that intuition, it really led you on to the next journey of self-discovery. Oh, yes, absolutely. That was like my, my um, gateway. That was like the, the entryway to knowing myself, to get a, a taste of what I could do, to get a taste of who I actually had the capacity to be. And so once I could feel that power, that once I could listen to that intuition, then I knew, okay, there is more here. There is more here for me to, to step into. So that was really the most incredible way for me to get into this uh, inner work stuff. I started to really work on myself. That path really led me to the most amazing place, which was the University of Santa Monica. That was a school in which I went for two and a half years to get a master's degree in spiritual psychology. I was told by a friend of mine to go to an intranight to just listen to what they had to say. She said, if you really like it, then you can do the program. If you don't, don't worry, but just go check it out. And I said, okay. At that point I was open, you know, I was really open. And I think that when you're open, the teacher appears, right? That's what one of my coaches says. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I went to that school. I signed up for the info night. And again, another hit of intuition. I was sitting in that classroom with like a hundred people in the room. And these two mentors, these two beautiful people were speaking to us about what the program is about and the logistics and all the, the tools that they teach. And, and at that point, I could just feel it in my body again. I need to be here and I'm signing up for this today. So then the info night I mean, I was at like a lot of money to spend on, on, and I didn't even have the money. I was just settling my divorce. I didn't even know how much money I was going to get, but I felt that I needed to commit to that because I could feel that that was going to change my life. Mm -hmm. So I went in the back of the room, I gave them my credit card and I paid for the two-year program at once in full. Things just tend to work out if yeah. they're supposed to, right? I feel that when we have that inner calling and desire that it just will work out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it was, it was just a beautiful journey. Two years of deep inner work, which again, I didn't know what that was going to lead me to because I was going there to do my work. I was going there to heal myself. I mean, I would have never known or thought that I would end up doing the work that I'm doing. I didn't even know what being a coach meant. I mean, people that even call themselves life coaches, I thought, how pretentious. How could you be a life coach? You're going to teach me how to do life, right? <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. But this we're talking about 10 plus years ago. And at the end of this program, that's when I, I just knew. I knew that I wanted to help other women 
claim all of who they are unapologetically, to claim well, their desires, their values, what they really want to do with their lives, and ultimately what the type of relationship that they want to be in. Our lives were never the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast. And my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved. Let's talk about that, your your journey now. And I love this photo that you submitted because I think it's just a, a beautiful representation of, you know, learning, relaxing, and this is your creation. So let's talk about that. What is this creation that you made and now you're trying to share with the world? So I wrote a book called Your Breakdown is Your Breakthrough. Right, uh, the the topic couldn't be more perfect. When I thought about that, I think I was actually in a session with a client, and he was going this. That's it. I, he was going through a breakup, and I told him he was devastated. And I looked at him and I said, "Well, you know, I want you to consider the possibility that your biggest breakdown can be your greatest breakthrough." And he looked at me and said, "Oh my gosh, that should be the title of your book." And I was like, he's like, write it down and then we'll continue on the session. And I said, okay, so I wrote it down and I had a few different titles, but that was the one that really resonated with me the most because it was really true. That's, that was my journey. My biggest breakdown was my greatest breakthrough. So I wrote this book during the pandemic, actually, the very first year of the pandemic, I thought I might as well. I'm here, I have the time, there's nowhere to go, so I'm just gonna sit down and, and get to writing. And it's a really a beautiful book, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a teaching memoir. So every chapter is um, a breakdown that I experienced in my life, from eating disorder, to abusive, to an abusive to a childhood, to uh, my, Divorce, I actually don't talk so much about, about my divorce. I wasn't really um, um, sure about just yet about talking about my divorce in that book. So it's more about my childhood. It's about uh, my children. It's about my daughter. It's about some of the biggest breakdowns that I experienced and how I got through them. And I give some tools at the end of each chapter. So it's a very practical a very easy read. I mean, you can literally read this book in two hours, uh, but it's, it's highly educational. It's um, like I said, it's practical and it just gets you to thinking and to reflecting and to doing, applying the tools immediately. 
And so you've gone around and you're discussing this book and sharing it with others. Share this story or this uh, photo with us. Yeah, this is um, actually um, an event that I was invited to speak at. It was um, called Global Women. This is a group of women uh, that are um, get together once a year. They have um, uh, an event once a year here in California, and they invited me to speak about, actually, we're speaking about boundaries, which I love. Mm. It's another topic that I love. So I was in a, in a panel, on a panel, talking about uh, the, the art of setting boundaries. And that's another event, a different different group of women called E-Women. And uh, I was there talking about my book and yeah, promoting yeah. my book, yeah. So let's talk about, uh, th this, is, this is other stuff that you've really created in your life and the way that you show up in the world. What are some of the things, Adriana, that you do on a daily basis to help maintain that well-rounded aspect? Wow, I am very meticulous about my ritual in the morning. So one of the things that for me is really important is working on my mind. So when I get up in the morning, I really, you know, I, I make it a priority to meditate, to sit down and meditate for at least 30 minutes. Then right after my meditation, I do my workouts, whether it's in the morning or in the afternoon, but I do it seven days a week because I used to be a personal trainer actually. So for me, working out is like brushing my teeth. I can't really skip a day. I just, it's not, it just feels good to me. It's a, it's a, a non-negotiable for me. And then right after that, I do something educational, whether that is listening to a podcast, uh, learning something about nutrition, which I love, um, learning something from someone, from a different teacher. Mm. Uh, those are my three must do. Learning is uh, so good. Yeah. And then I, and then I just get to work. Mm -hmm. I love that. And so I'm going to bring in the pictures of this is your, your big why and through your beautiful story and all of those transitions that took place, but we're, we're going to bring in, this is the big why mm -hmm. these are your babies. They're my children. They are, oh, I was just thinking about my son when he, he was three and I just told you that story and about my divorce and he was the one, he was the one saying, how come you don't want to be with us anymore? My daughter was more independent and more confident. My son was very, um, he relied on me a lot. He was the baby, right? He was the, the little one. So now they are 21 and almost 22, if you can believe that, yeah. That's, that's my kids again. Beautiful. So then we, we move into, this is the relationship piece mm -hmm. where you really specialize, Adriana, in, in sharing with people the love that they can bring into their world, that they can create, that they can manifest. So by the way, beautiful family, beautiful couple, and you look so very happy. What is it and, and what are some of the things and tips and tricks that you bring to light with sharing? How, how do we bring in that love into our world? It begins with ourselves, April. And it took me many years 
to realize this concept of loving myself because it's a lot of people are saying that, right? You, you got to self-love, self-love. You got to love yourself, but they don't really know what that means. And I think self-love is really, first of all, we got to heal our hearts. Healing the heart is the first step. Healing the heart from past hurt, from past wounds. What if we make those wounds mean about ourselves? Every time we hurt, there's going to be a wound. And then we're going to make that wound mean something. And for me, I think I met, I, 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 I made that mean that I wasn't worthy of love, that I wasn't worthy of being in a healthy relationship, that everybody else could have it except for me. And then I would have like, you know, obviously evidence, you know, relationship to relationship showing me that I was not worthy of that because I would always end up in toxic relationships. And so that was proof for me. And I said, well, see, there is that. And there is that again. I am going to have this. But when I started to heal my, I started to heal my heart and to get to know myself and to love. It's not just about self-love. It's about loving all of who you are. Mm. How do you know all of who you are? By really accepting, accepting your that, that everything about you. If we don't accept everything about us, nobody's going to do that. If we can have compassion for ourselves, nobody's going to have compassion for us. So for me, it was that was a very... Um, I was another breakthrough moment, knowing that if I couldn't accept all of who I uh, who I was, I was going to keep attracting partners that were not accepting me, that didn't really honor me, that didn't really value me, because I wasn't really valuing myself. Adriana, what was that like for you when when you first learned and experienced truly what self love was and felt like? Well. I, I started to see my experiences in the outside were very different. So I think that uh, it's always, you know, what we attract into our lives is always a reflection of, of ourselves, of who we are, of how we treat ourselves or how we relate to ourselves. So my experiences were actually telling me now something different. I was attracting different men. I was attracting men that would actually very interested in getting to know me beyond mm -hmm. my physical looks, right? Mm -hmm. Which was my experience in the past. It was all about my looks and they couldn't really see me beyond mm -hmm. that. And when I started to attract people that were actually interested in getting to know my heart, asking me questions such as, what are your dreams? What do you really want to do with your life? What, what brings you joy? You know, questions like that. That's when I knew something had changed. That's when I knew that I was actually healed, that I was, that I was, that I was healing, that I was healing. And then that's when I, I attracted this beautiful man mm. that I've been with for almost four years, uh, completely different than the men that I, that I, the relationships that I, I had in the past. That's he, truly, he truly is a reflection of who I am, a very positive reflection of who I am. So, so you really started seeing the, the, the evidence start showing up much, much differently to show you that you were in fact healing. And when you talk about a reflection, uh, what I think is incredible about that, Adriana, is 
as we go through our journey and we're working on ourselves and and we start healing ourselves then you know we we start to attract the right kind of people and the right things those energies just start flowing into our world and and tell me what what was it like did you you know many people write things down in order to bring things into life like what they really want in a partner did you did you do that? And did you want to start seeing um, or being that person that you wanted to see in somebody else? Absolutely. That's a great question. And I think it's very important for people to really understand that we can't walk into a relationship with the understanding that this person is going to complete me or this person is going to make me happy or this person is going to uh, uh, help me create a different experience in my life. Because when we do that, then that's we're setting ourselves up for failure. I think we got to start to do that with ourselves. We got to heal. The first step is heal your heart. Heal your heart. You know, find there's so many ways to do that with all the information that is out there in the world. So many beautiful teachers and mentors and coaches that you can seek out to begin this healing process. And because when you begin to heal the heart, that's when you learn that there's nothing wrong about you. There's nothing wrong. And then by knowing this, knowing that there's nothing wrong about you, then you begin to allow yourself to be who you want to be because you don't care anymore. You don't care anymore about showing up based on societal standards or based on what you were taught as a child. You're free to be who you really want to be. And then Mm -hmm. the next step is really learning, knowing what is my value system? What do I really value? If you don't know this, if you are confused about what your values are, just you know, write down what makes you feel good. How does that feel in your body? You know, mm. think about different things, and then write them down and just sort of like go one by one. How does that make me feel when I say that I value this thing? How does it feel in my body? Does it does my body feel relaxed or does my body feel tense? Right, because a lot of those values can come from 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 our programming, yeah, from what we were told. And a lot of them, you know, like in my book, you know, I, there is a whole chapter on that, you know, how to create a new value system that aligns with the person that you are today. So you can just create a whole set of new values. And then the, I think the next thing would be, what do I really want? What do I really want in a relationship? How do I want to be treated? How do I want, do I want to be acknowledged by this person? Do I want to be celebrated? Do I want to be seen? And how do that, how do that, how do that, what does that, what does that look like? My goodness, tongue twisted. Uh, but what I did, yes. So becoming very clear about my values and being in high integrity with those values. Meaning that if you're going to go out on a date and you know your values, know that your values become your non-negotiables. When you know your values, you know your non-negotiables because your non-negotiables are actually the opposite of your values. So then you're very clear on that. And if you're going out for the first time with someone that doesn't value what you value, then listen to that, honor that, 
Mm. There's nothing wrong with them not valuing what you value, but then you know that that's a red flag for you and that perhaps that's not the right match for you. And a lot of women, what we do is that, or we think, oh, I can change that. Or or I'll, I'm sure that, you know, at some point he's going to change his mind uh, or that's okay because everything else is good and I he's really good on other aspects, right? Mm. Know that your non-negotiables have to become your, your values have to become your non-negotiables because that's, that kind of narrows it down and that takes you closer to the right partner for you. Well, Adriana, you certainly have brought in yourself to, to create this in your world and, and you've gotten and you've done the work. Like you said, in the very beginning, it, you, you have this better relationship with your ex-husband who you went through this traumatic experience with. And while as so many of us are, are at a point where we feel like we aren't able to, to be okay with that or move forward with anything. It's, it takes an immense amount of work and you certainly have. So I want to make sure that everyone knows where to find you. And I've had it displayed on the screen throughout. And for those of you listening in www.adrianasorgi.com, that's A-D-R-I-A-N-A-S-O-R-G-I com. Be sure to check her out. And also it's always in the description below. So Adriana, it's been awesome to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show to share your experience. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing those stories with us here today and all the things that you've learned, the stuff that you're creating for everyone to, to learn and be inspired by you through your stories. Now, how is, what's the best way for people to be able to contact you outside of that? Or better yet, what are, what are you creating next? You've written the book, but what's the next big thing for you? Yeah. Uh, so actually a great way to find me is through Facebook uh, and to join my private Facebook group, which is called Manifest True Love, Create Exquisite Love. And um, what I do there is I, I post a lot of content a lot of tools and I go live once a week. So that is a really great way to get value from, from the work that I do and it's free to join. And so check me out, Manifest True Love. So first, first of all, you're gonna to go to Adriana Sorgi and, uh, and uh, friend me on, on Facebook and then you I'll send you a link to go to my group. And then what is next? Um, well, April, I, I'm stepping more into speaking. Um, so I am going to be speaking more. I love, love sharing my story and I love sharing about different topics and, um, what else? Oh, and also I am actually creating my first retreat, uh, for women. So that's super exciting. I don't know where that's going to be yet, but that's in the works. So yeah, big things, big things are coming. I love that. I think retreats for women are so powerful, you know, for anybody. And really because it's building that community and we have each other to lean on. So I think it's really wonderful that you're creating that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you again, Adriana, for being on the show. It's been awesome to have you again to share your vulnerable story. Hit me in the heart as a mother. And so I I understand and compassionate towards that uh, that story and that journey. It's it's a beautiful experience and not easy, but that is why we show up in the world the way that we do, isn't it? And are able to inspire others. So again, thank you. Thank you so much to our audience. Without you, we wouldn't be here. The show wouldn't be possible without you. So as always, thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you. Goodbye for now. We will see you next time. Thank you.